Hello, everybody. How are you doing? This is S. Anthony Thomas. This is the S. Anthony Thomas Show. My guest this time is Davin Rosenblatt, an old friend of mine, radio host, podcast host, comedian, scammer catcher, and of course, as you'll find out during the course of the show, he's a, of course, a very, very big uh, <coughs> fan <coughs> of the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> You're going to enjoy this discussion. It's fun. And I'll be honest with you, it's so good. I'm just going to sh- cut this intro short so you can just listen to the show. I mean, I mean you're going to be able to hear me during the course of the show anyway. You're going to get to hear Davin. So let's just cut this intro short and get to it. Are you ready? Of course you are. Let's do it. Well, hello, good sir. Hey. How are you? <laughs> Not bad. How are you? Good. This is weird. Uh, how so? I've just never done it like this before. <laughs> <laughs> well, technology. We're both we're both getting older, good sir. And technology is an amazing thing. Is it? Is it really? Well, kind of. I mean, uh, all depends on how we use it. I don't know. I just got one of those new cars that you have to crank the front of them, so it's good for the biceps. Oh well, well, <laughs> one you have one really big arm then. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, well, no, I use the other arm because the the one arm is big from other cranking. But I digress. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I had a feeling that uh, had a feeling that you were going to confess to something. Well, that's what it was. You got it early. <laughs> so, how has it been going for you? Good for for those of you listening. Obviously, I've already told you who this is in the intro, but uh, this is a friend of mine, of course, Davin Rosenblatt, comedian, podcaster, radio show host, extraordinaire. Wow. He is here for us. And, and and be honest with you, folks, for those of you that have been listening for a long period of time, and a lot of you have been listening the entire time, you will know that this young man has already been on the show, and you will have already heard him, and you probably went back and listened to the other episode before you listened to this one, because that one was great, too, and so will this one. This one will also be fantastic. Wow. I, I got to hire you as my hype, man. That was uh, That was tremendous. I was going to say, well, you know, I, I, I had no choice. I mean, you faxed that to me, and I'm going, why are you faxing things, man? <laughs> I just got the fax machine. I'm not, you know, I printed it out on the dot matrix. I, it was a nice little form, and I, I sent it to you via fax. It, it was nice. And you Netscape know? Navigator has never been faster. <laughs> <laughs> I just got my uh, my AOL CD that I just uh, plugged in for a thousand free hours. I'm ready to go. <laughs> you know, the, 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 and here's the thing. Now, now, a lot of the people, a lot of the people on this particular show. A third of this audience that is listening to me right now is 18 to 34. Ah. So uh, just in case you don't know what the hell we're talking about, uh, Netscape was one of the first <laughs> one of the first search engines. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, probably I think it was maybe might have been the second search engine, actually. Uh, so um, so essentially back then, and, and, and then you would remember this, because I was watching a video a little while ago on the rise and fall. Of Netflix, I'm sorry, not Netflix. Let's hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> Do we both see? specials of, of Netscape Navigator? And uh, you know, I just got a kick out of it because it was it made me feel incredibly old when you start to look at those videos and you see what the internet used to look like. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't as many images. It took forever to load. Watching a video, you had to play a, plan a day around it. I, oh. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you wanted internet, if you wanted quote unquote high speed, you had to plug in your computer because the Wi-Fi wasn't reliable. So oh, <laughs> a lot of places didn't have Wi-Fi. When I used to go to Canada back in the day, I always had a plug in 
Uh, what was it? With the land, landline, LAN line? Yeah, I mean, you know. Oh, God, it sucked. And <laughs> that didn't like... suck. It, didn't, it, it was better than what we had. I mean, think about it. Th- oh. think of, I mean, before, think about what's going on right now with COVID 19. Mm-hmm. If COVID 19 happened 20 years ago, there'd be no internet comedy, there'd be no learning. I mean, par- uh, teachers would have to send, you know, pamphlets every week and you'd have to mail it back to the teacher. They wouldn't be, you know. It, well, we're advancing. Uh, it, it's really weird because it, it it's it's weird to know that having been an adult when there wasn't an internet. I mean, there was an internet as far as schools, you know, and and science. But I'm talking about internet for, for regular people. Yeah, well, uh, that start, that started to come in as I was in uh, I want to say law school, law school that started to become pretty big because I had to go on uh, because I had to get these um they had these couple websites for law for uh, law students where you could go on and, and get like documents and everything like that so we're talking was that late 90s yeah we're talking late 90s when everything started blowing up yes because uh, i mean I, I i lived in los angeles in the uh, for most of the 90s and i remember uh you know you have to because you're sitting there going well the gigs aren't till the till later on i might as well make some money instead of sitting there looking at a wall you mean what I would be doing right now if we weren't talking? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to expose you like that. I was going to save that for the documentary. I'm exposed, baby. <laughs> I am exposed. <laughs> Davin, the wall starer. We're, uh, we're just peeling back the layers tonight. Listen, there's no, there's no more career to speak of, so I can just let it all hang out now. It's not going to affect my bookings. Uh, well, you, you, need, you never know. Things may come back to normal and you'll be ruining your Oscar gig. Uh, if you say anything about the wrong uh, about short people or something, I am short people. I can talk about them. They're they're yeah, my I, people, the short people. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, and and, and uh, my people are the slightly taller than you people. Well, that, that's still better <laughs> to be the slightly taller than the slightly <laughs> than the slightly shorter. Trust me, yeah. it's, a tall, it's a tall man's world. I talk about that first of all. I talk about it on my show all the time. It comes up. I don't plan on talking. It. The better looking you are, the better things go. You get a lot. You get away with a lot more stuff if you are attractive. Yeah, I wasn't going to rub that into your face that I've gotten away with a lot more stuff by being this beautiful. Well, I, but, I know uh, you have. I'm very envious. Think about what Don, Donald Trump already gets away with a lot of stuff. Now, think if he looked like, oh, I don't know, Johnny Depp. Think of think, think of the things Donald Trump said came out of Johnny Depp's mouth. And, and, and Johnny Depp looked like the guy from the Pirates of the Caribbean that he played. That Johnny Depp character is Donald Trump. Everybody would think it was the best thing ever. Ninety percent approval rating because he'd be dreaming and have flair and style. But instead, it comes out of a fat old guy's mouth. So a lot of the people are not as entertained. <laughs> that's, the, that's the that's the weirdest thing. I remember because I I remember as a, as a younger person, I would watch politics on television, and I, I would be fascinated even then as a very very young person about you know you, you literally you're finding out what kind of country you're going to live in for the next four years. The well, country is going, I'm just going to let you know, this is pretty much what we're going to be. And I was fascinated by it. And, and now I sit back and I look at what's going on and I'm thinking, wow. Uh, you know, when you, my parents would tell me about what happened uh, during the civil rights era and I'm sitting there going, you know, if you took this stuff that's happening right now and just changed the film stock a little bit. <laughs> right? It's very similar. It's exactly the same thing. You know what it is? Here's we are at the we are at the age. We're actually a little bit past it, where we go. Oh, our parents were right because I had the same thing. I remember growing up, my parents, my parents, Orthodox Jews. They would always be like, 
A Jew should always have a passport because you never know when anti-Semitism is going to be on the rise and you have to leave the country and flee to Israel. And I'm growing up in Reagan's United States uh, as mm-hmm. a kid, but I didn't know much. But Reagan's United States, everything seemed good. I'm like, what are you talking about? This is America. That can never happen here. Now I see some of the things, you know, you, people in Walmart wearing Nazi masks. People getting gunned down in synagogues. Anti-Semitism oh. is on the rise. Now, now we got black people fighting with Jewish people. I thought we were done with all that stuff. And then you go, yeah, I guess my parents were right. I better keep that passport handy. Things could go uh, tits up real quick. Oh, uh, I didn't know you were aware of that because I, I was planning on uh, roughing you up later. Well, that's why and, we're doing uh, this from a distance. It has nothing to do with COVID. I just fear for my safety. You're a rough and tumble feller. <laughs> Is it, you, you've known me for years, so you know how, how I'm prone to violence. I, 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 I've always been a little intimidated, I must admit. I'm, I can say that now because we're at a distance. And for those of you who are not picking up on the fact that we're kidding, he knows that I'm a mild-mannered guy, except for that one time I, I stabbed him in the foot because he said hello the wrong way. I did I say hello. I, 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 I said it with a South Carolina accent. And, I said, damn, damn. Oh, sorry. That's dabbing. Sorry, bro. I didn't recognize you. I just turned around and saw the foot. <laughs> Listen, I'll be honest. It was a racist hello, and I deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a, a, an interesting thing because I know that, you know, the shows have shut, just shut down. Yep. And I got, like, stacks of notepads here of stuff that I – this is right around the time I was going to start hitting the stages again. Well, that, and, now uh, you know why we shut everything down. Yeah, that. yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> if you're going to make me wait for a couple of years, nobody performs, damn it. I don't blame you. But then the playing field. But because you have the, uh, you do Davin's Den, obviously, that's your, that's your show. It is. And and how long have you, how long have you, uh, had, have you uh, had the show, actually? Oh, I guess we, I saw we're going on, um, oh, I guess nine years. Nine oh, years. God, you got, yeah, you're, okay, so you started uh, your, your, show two years before I did a little bit more than two years ago. So I started on terrestrial radio. Yeah. And then uh started on terrestrial radio, left that radio station, then went to um Anthony Cumia's studio of Opie and Anthony fame. Now he's Mm -hmm. got his own thing. And then um then we wound up doing it from my place for a while. Then we were nationally syndicated in over 30 markets for a while on terrestrial, I want to say our biggest markets were like Atlanta and mm-hmm. Sacramento. And then um, that company went out of business. And the past several years, we've been doing it on the uh, on the internet again. So it's been a journey, all sorts of headlines and all sorts of fun things we've gotten into and then threatened. <laughs> <laughs> of course. <laughs> Made international news, uh, work with the army, been opposed to the army, all sorts of things. It's been a long and storied uh, trip to my basement. It's been a long yeah. story trip to my basement. <laughs> it's it, it's just a weird thing when it, it, it it's 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 like um like when you do when you do radio, mm-hmm. you have a ref, there's a reference in your mind for the fact that a lot of people are going to hear this. Well, that's the hope, right? No, yeah. but what I'm getting at is when you do the podcast. Um, like I am in my office right now mm-hmm. with equipment in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I know people are going to hear this. I get it. I know it's not. I mean, it's going to be in a bunch of countries, blah, blah. I, I know. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, when I when you put the mic, you turn the microphone sideways and flip the laptop down, I'm still sitting in the same place where I was <laughs> moments before. And it took me a while to realize, you know, uh, 
quite a few people are going to hear this, buddy. I don't <laughs> even think about that. I don't even, th- you know what? Because if I did, I might say things differently. I just look at it like you and I are talking right now. I don't know who's a, a million people might hear this. Uh, two people might hear this. I just look at this as uh, two old friends catching up. That's really the mindset I have. And when I do my show, I'm just hanging out with my, my buddies, my co-host Pip and Joe. Now we're not doing it in person. We're doing it in Zoom, whatever, because of COVID. But I just look at it like, uh, you know, we're hanging out. I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but it's just the way I do it. I just think, I think whatever essentially works for you, because I – because uh, we're both live performers. Yes. No, we, we've both been doing it for a long time. Yes. So it's not like, you know, you know what it's like to have a truckload of people staring at you while you're standing on the stage with a microphone in your hand. Yes. And that does not make me nervous in the slightest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, not, so, not usually. It's going to make me nervous the next time I hit the stage because I've been off since March. But, yeah, normally, no. You do this long enough. I mean, there's certain gigs that make you nervous. But most of the time you do this as long as we have, you're like, all right, I got this. I know what to do. I I, I try to explain to people um, what happens after you cross a mark that we both uh, put in our rear view mirror a long time ago, the 10 year mark. Uh, (laughs) Why you got to make me sound old? I don't mind if if you make yourself sound old, but this is a very rude way to treat a treat an old friend and a a guest. I got to be honest with you. I don't like this at all. Just call me fat and call it a night. I swear. Well, that's actually in the next segment. Oh, oh, uh, good. good. (laughs) I was doing a little foreshadowing. (laughs) It's it's just a weird thing because I I was explaining to somebody who was, who was a newer cat. He was in the, you know how it is when you, when you run into a guy that's been doing it like two years or six months or. Oh, the excitement. You know, they have that new yeah, smell. Yeah, they got the Similac on his mouth. Oh, uh, I mean? yes. <laughs> yes. Know? Every yeah, gig know? is a good gig. Every gig they killed. <laughs> I'm sitting there going, you know, I, I saw with, you know, I, I, don't, I never say this to them, but like, oh man, I slayed them. And, and you're sitting there back there going, nah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, it's, but the thing is, I remember being that guy or that lady. And even when you watch them do material and you sit there and you're going, I already know the topics you're going to hit because you're new. Yeah. You know, and, uh, and, and I, I never was, I was never discouraged by the older people, the, the people before me, the class before me. And I never discouraged the people, you know, it's, it's like watching a kid, you know, learn how to ride a bike and you and you have like, you know, a bunch of trophies and bike championships on your wall. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, no, yeah. you, I, I, I try not to be like bitter. I mean, I know, like, you know, we came up, there were some old people, there were some older comics that were bitter. Now there's people of my generation and older that are bitter. I try not to do that, especially, like, around new comics. You know, I don't offer them advice unless they ask. I learned that long ago. I learned that long ago. You know, you, you think you're being a pal and you think you're being helpful, and you are. But if they, it's not asked for, then all of a sudden you're a jerk who knows it all. So I, I don't say anything. If somebody asks, I am an open book and I will help them. But if they don't ask... Make their own mistakes. That's fine too. Yeah, you know, I just remember uh, some. I, I only gave advice one or two times, and this was uh, at the Laugh Factory in uh, Los Angeles. I had seen the guy practicing some stuff uh, outside, and he was going on. What do you think of this? And I already knew where, where the mistakes were. So I, I mean, I knew. I mean, once you know how audience the audience how to tell uh, audience timing works. Mm-hmm you know that there's certain ways that you say things that look good on paper, <clears throat> but when you actually say them, they're not going to work as well. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that comes with time. 
And I said to him, I said, I forgot exactly what I said, but I, and I was very nice about it. I said, well, maybe you should try this because I don't know whether or not they're going to respond the way you want for this and this. And I could see him looking at me like, shut up, old man. Granted, I was like 28. <laughs> right? You know, these guys like 20 years old. He's looking at me like, this old bastard has no idea what he's talking about. He thinks you're jealous. He, he thinks you're uh, envious. Uh, yeah, he had, yeah, that, yeah. He figured out that that wasn't the case because I went on uh, after him and then he, he you know, <laughs> you know, he, he's like, oh, you know, you ever, you ever see somebody, you, you give them advice, they think you don't know what you're talking about, they go on and then they see you and then they realize, oh, this guy's actually paid his bills with jokes. Yeah, I mean, th- there's that element of that. But again, I don't give advice but anymore, especially beforehand. But yeah, afterwards, you definitely see like, oh, OK, this person has some ability. OK, maybe I should respect them. A little bit, I guess. I, don't, I mean, that's just people's mentality. We all, as a comic, you always have to prove yourself. I bet there's a there's a lot of walks of life. You always have to prove yourself. Yeah, I mean, even with this stuff, we're doing what we're doing now. This thing is uh, this thing is this this. Every time I turn around, there's another celebrity <laughs> doing a podcast. Yes, oh yeah, you can't compete with that. I mean, you can't compete with people that already have. Um, you know, a set fan base and everything, because it's a lot easier than for you or I to try to form our own little niche. It's not impossible to do it, but it's certainly a lot harder this way. Yeah, well, the good part about it is I have, it's like it's, it hasn't affected. See, it won't affect your numbers. In fact, you actually could actually grab a few extra people because sometimes they, when they look for the celebrity that they like, um, so I remember somebody was looking, after I, there was some people that had wrote to me, you know, I was looking for the Joe Rogan podcast and it's like, you might also like, and I'm going, how am I like? I mean, I, I respect Joe. He's cool, but it's like, how did I get recommended? Um, <laughs> like, it could be comedians, you know. I, you know, I was just like, I don't, I don't. It's like, you know, I, I, yeah. The algorithm will find a way to, to to attach you to people. Don't complain about it. I mean, listen, man. I mean, that Joe Rogan, you know, he's very, very successful. So, and, if, and, if, and, if oh, and I just want to say that I'm, I, I actually like Joe Rogan, um, and I just want to say. Uh, Thank you very much because there's a few, there's quite a few people that were listening, that were looking for you, uh, that actually uh, <laughs> clicked on the picture, that's great, <laughs> and stayed on. And no, I mean, obviously not, you know, because a lot of people see it and they go, yeah, and that's nice. Back to Joe, you know, they won't even look at you, but you know what I'm saying. But Listen, uh, uh, Joe, Joe, Joe is a is a big success. He's uh he's crossed over from comedy and mixed martial arts and pop. he's put it all together. He's kind of like a miniature Howard Stern in that he's got like various he's gone to various uh, markets and done very well in it. Kind of like Stern was on TV and radio. What the heck is that? Oh, sorry about that. That was I was getting a text. <laughs> <laughs> I think what you say. You know, you, you know, I don't know what's going on in that house there, buddy. But uh, you know, you should turn that thing off and be me. Save no, that I, I, think it's, I think it's my. I think it's my softball team. I really think that's what that text is. <laughs> I think there's the like softball a, team. I'm playing softball. Yes, I. Yes. Well, it's well, safe to play softball, sir. Is it? Is it? Did you ask me if it's safe? Yes. All right. Let me tell. Let me tell you what's going on with this. First of all, I didn't even think we were going to have a league this year. But th- then I get a call last Monday, a text next Monday. We got a game on Wednesday. Okay, so there's go- there's going to be protocols. Okay, I'm all, I'm all for I'm all for the protocols. I uh, now in this league you have to share um, the team. Your team has to share all the softball bats because they don't want outside bats coming in that are made better that can cheat and launch it. So you got so both teams have the same bats. And you got to share them. So these these are the protocols. 
first of all, um, you're supposed to cl- you're supposed to clean the bats in between every use. So if I use the bat, then before you use it, it's supposed to be cleaned. That did not happen. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Before you play, the captain is supposed to take our temperature. You know, like with the forehead thing. Mm-hmm. So he took the, my temperature. Most of, I, I was I would say ninety three. And a bunch of us were like 94. I'm like, dude, what are we, reptiles? This is not right. <laughs> and, nobody, and nobody fixed it. Nobody mm-hmm. cared. I'm like, we're not even trying. And then you have to sign a waiver. So we signed the waiver, and everybody's using the same pen. <laughs> so, uh. so it's like, we have protocols, but apparently nobody's really paying attention to them, much like the Florida Marlins. So I was, was going to say, is the league commissioner Louis Gomert? Yeah, funny. Uh, well, here's the thing. It's like, well, the, you know, people from the town are going to come down because they don't really want the leak to happen. I'm thinking if they don't want the leak to happen, how's it happening? But they're going to be checking on us. I'm like, if they're checking on us, they're not going to like what they're seeing. I'm the only one who's social distancing. You know, they're mm-hmm. all high-fiving and everything, and I'm, I'm doing like the phantom high-five. I'm the only one, but that's okay. Jeez. Oh, it's, it's just really – I see some places were beginning to come back a little bit. Um, I saw some, I forgot which one it was. It was a club uh, that were doing outdoor comedy. Stress Factory is doing outdoor comedy, and I think Punchline down in Philly is doing outdoor comedy uh, as well. The outdoor comedy, the thing that we used to say, "No way, I'm not going to do an outdoor gig." Now I was like, "Can I please get on your outdoor show?" <laughs> yeah, that was that, that was really weird because it's like anything. It, it's like uh, comedy was in is in a little bubble, and you kind of want to keep it into. Uh, keep it in its own little space because a lot of times if you take it someplace else and you add these little other elements to it, it just kind of throws everything off. Like if you're doing a, a gig in a, you did a gig in a hotel, um, this is 550 years ago, and they had a Star Wars or Star Trek convention in the next room. <laughs> That's tremendous. And the music was so unbelievably loud. I mean, it was pouring through the walls, but you see, they were a, a, a business that was always using the ballroom over there. And our ballroom was like a one-stop, one-off show. Mm-hmm. So when so when the manager went over to complain, the guy just looked at him like, yeah, they're here pretty much every week. This is a one-time thing for you, so. Yeah, a lot of times comedy is not as important as we'd like it to be. <laughs> yeah, you and he's got like a he's got a contract with them, and and for whatever reason, I mean, they were doing they were having parties all the time, and these guys were. And I'm sitting there going, and I look, I'm look, you look at the Booker, and he's going, I literally want to choke slam you right now. Choke slam? That was very specific. Yeah, I was watching a WWE. Uh, a little, watching a little Undertaker, a little classic Undertaker. No, actually, it was Kane. But uh... okay, all right. So. <laughs> Yeah, see, that's what I do. I, I usually, uh, for some reason, uh, references to what happened to me 17 minutes before I talk to people tend to pour out uh, in the conversation. That's all right. This is like this is very honest for you. That's why your audience <laughs> loves you. You're you're letting them into a little peek of what your life is 17 minutes before the show starts. That's another text. This is this. See, this is technology. I'm talking on my cell phone. I yeah, asked yeah. you. I asked you if you wanted me to use a landline. You said no. So uh, well, this, is, well, this is what you get now. Well, good sir. If you uh, were, uh, if you had your, uh, your, I, I should have said you can use your. Uh, uh, do you have the equipment, your podcast equipment, uh, where you are? Yeah. Damn it! 
you could have done. Oh, okay, okay. I, when, when, I, when, when, when I make my third appearance on your show, we will do mm-hmm. it that way. Yeah, because that way you can just say, use your regular setup, and I. It's the same. I just email you the stuff. But uh, <laughs> it's fine. This is good. I just, so, feel, it, I just feel bad that it sounds like a vibrator is going off every few minutes. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how in the world you expect my audience to believe that it isn't one. That's I'm not, what I'm I'm trying not to figure telling out. them what to believe. They can, uh, they can use their imagination any way they want. If they like my voice and they want to vibrate, I am here to please. That's all I can do right now. I can't do the pleasing on the stage. So sit back, relax, and uh, enjoy the vibrations. He's giving you good vibrations. <laughs> I only give good vibrations. Very short intervals, <laughs> but only good vibrations. Now, uh, let me – what is the – What is the? Uh, oh, oh, I was listening to your, uh, your show, and I heard the scammer section. Ah. And I remember, that you were, I remember that you were doing that, that mm. you were setting up the scammers. Uh, well, I don't set them up. They, uh, they stumble upon me, and I give, them, ah. I give them every opportunity to leave me alone. But they are infatuated with my various personas, so – Game on, and you t- and you seem to really, really enjoy taking them down. Um, yeah, because they're bad people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what. That's what <laughs> it, that's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like you know, crank yankers where they're calling up innocent people and tormenting them. These are terrible people that are trying to take money and you know scam people of their life savings. And uh, and then they come upon me. I don't. I don't find them. They find me. So if they want to play, I you know I engage them for a year or so at a time. They get in these long relationships. I eat up a lot of their time and their resources. So often they complain that they spend a lot of time talking to me because we you know a lot of times they're calling from Africa, and I guess you have to pay per minute. They have like different data plans than we do, and it's uh it's such a shame. So it's, it's such a shame. It never works out quite the way they hoped. It is one of the is, is one. See, it's one of the joys of my life to know that someone is torturing these folk <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, it, because there's a, there's a sense of justice that people tend to have, and when it's when it's put when it's placed in the right place and the, and the person is is met with it, there's just a, there's this uh, visceral release, and you just enjoy it, you know. Because I know when they when they call, you're, you're sleeping. We're both comics, so mm-hmm. we're back to pre-COVID. And you, you're coming home. It's like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, on a Friday or something. You don't want to wake up at exactly nine eight oh one on Saturday. No. But you but hi. You know, I was wondering um, if you were interested in uh, um, changing your car insurance company. Yeah, you you can't pick you can't pick up numbers, phone numbers that you don't know. That's the worst thing you could do. A lot of times, they're just fishing to see if it's an active line. You can't you you know you can't pick unless you know the phone number. Don't pick it up. That's my advice. Oh oh oh, I don't. I'll be honest with you. I don't pick up my home if 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 that phone number is not in my address book on my phone, it's not getting answered. That's the smartest thing you could do. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't realize that, especially senior citizens. And uh, like, I guess now, I guess now one of the scams going around is um, they're calling people for COVID-19 tests and they're saying, mm-hmm. but you have to pay for it. So you got to send them this money. And of course, that's not the way this works at all. But mm-hmm. I guess I guess people are uh, falling for that. Listen, if there's a, if there's an opportunity to uh, make money, um, a scammer will be, will be on it. So 
it's, it's really weird. It's really weird how how wide the net they swing is. Also, I had a I have a regular laptop now. The machine I had before this was a Chromebook. If you're familiar mm-hmm. with those, yes. So um, I'll probably get another one after to go along with this at some point. But I love it because it's, it's it, those freaking things are lightning fast, right? Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I can't do any of the editing that I need to get done, which is why I have a regular laptop right now. Go, I would still have a Chromebook. So I would go to to a website and then we go. You know your Microsoft Internet Explorer is failing. Yeah. Is it now? <laughs> they, and they want and they want you to download stuff and people people panic and they do it. Next thing you know, you're infected. Then you get a note that your computer is being held hostage and they have, and they've captured you and they've used your camera and you see a picture of you and they say they claim they have indecent pictures and they're going to send it to everybody in your address book unless you send them X amount of a uh, Bitcoin. Yeah, man, <laughs> this is their job. This is their I, gig. I got something similar to that. Um, and I'm literally looking at it and I'm laughing my ass off because I know it's complete horse crap. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm looking at the computer like, yeah, OK, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, and I, and I remember one guy, one guy called me, he goes, he calls and he says he's uh, from uh, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And he wants and we need to uh, we need your credit card number and name and address and you need to for all this information. I'm going, the IRS would even call and ask for this information. IRS won't call you. They'll use snail mail. Yeah. IRS, IRS, and, you know, we always get, a lot of people get those calls for the IRS. You know, uh, you know, you owe X amount of money, but yeah, if you send X amount now, we can help you out. But they're not calling you. The IRS is going to contact you via snail mail. Uh, Microsoft, Microsoft is not going to uh, contact you through a page. If you have any questions about Microsoft, you could go directly to their website. You could go to you could go to your IT person. You could go to Geek Squad. The last thing you should do is is handle it with some pop up, some pop up that ha- comes on your computer. But you know, a lot of people are get you know a lot of especially older people they don't they don't know. You know, this is the first, you know this is newfangled software, newfangled tools. So I'm trying to figure out how the people that are doing these scams. Every time they talk about these scams, they talk when you see one of those those uh. Reports on the news. Mm-hmm. They always go, look for uh, misspellings. I'm sitting there going, so these dopes have not figured out that maybe they want to, you know, check the spelling. They don't know the spelling. They don't know <laughs> the spelling. No, I'm, 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 I'm being honest with you. You got to remember. <laughs> I mean, to be fair to them, they're calling from, they're dealing with a foreign country. I couldn't write in an African culture. I couldn't write in German. I, you know, I couldn't write from Bosnia, wherever I couldn't write in their language. So it's understandable. But yeah, of, of course. But people don't see. A lot of times they'll just change one letter in the website that they send. So instead of being DeltaAirlines.com, it'll be like DeltaAirlineLineES.com. You know, where if you see it, you know, you're not really paying attention. You click on it, you think it's legitimate, but it's not, which is why you don't. You should never click on links. I have. I, I am. I literally. I'm one. I know that when I go to places, I still stare at. I still stare at the URL. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you should. And I'm. I meticulously go through it. I'm going. Uh, yeah, nice drive, pal. Uh, you should. <laughs> you know? It's the but most people don't do that. Most people. You know that they get in a panic. That's what it is. Scammers work on immediacy. They need you to ha- have anxiety, and they need to press you to act quickly. Anytime you're dealing with somebody who wants you to act immediately, you should take two steps back and breathe slowly and go, "I'm not going to act now. I need to process this and step away." 
because that's what every scam does, whether it's sales or somebody on the Internet. They need you to act now because it's very important that you act now, whether somebody's in danger or it's a great deal or whatever. They always want you to act now. As soon as they say act now, you should say act no. Well, I just made mm-hmm. that up. That's pretty that's say, like, You got a T-shirt there, buddy. <laughs> I most certainly do. Well, I've been struggling. To, I've been struggling to write this book on scammers. Struggling because I realize I don't like writing. But, <laughs> but that would make it a problem. Yeah, you know what? Because uh, I have a, you know, it's a pretty. I have a very unique way. Obviously, how I got into scammers, being a comic and everything, and it's an interesting story. And there's educational stuff, and there's a lot of funny stuff in there. So. You know, before COVID, I was going to be going to places and doing uh, presentations. I was going to be going to seniors, uh, senior communities and, and corporations. That that was in the works. I was really working on that. But then uh, COVID-19 uh, happened, and I'm not going anywhere. So <laughs> That is the well, it, it's amazing. It's really weird when something like that happens, and it literally just – it affects just everyone. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like you're in a city where um, – where your team wins the Super Bowl, you know, it affects everyone in a way. But you can't see a really more of that, uh, that overt visual representation of it. I mean, you'll see a couple more. You'll see some more T-shirts and stuff like that. But when you see, when you go a place and you walk outside and you see everybody, everyone with the masks on and standing, you know, six feet apart, even though technically I keep trying to tell people six feet is the minimum distance. Let me tell you something. Nobody's standing six feet apart. Okay, nobody's doing it. We're supposed to. Nobody's doing it. Where people are doing the best. People are doing where the people are trying to comply. They're Mm -hmm. doing the best they can. Mm -hmm. But I mean, uh, America, we are we are not so good at this. This is this is not really our strength. So, are you washing your hands for at least twenty seconds, Davin? I'm not. You know when when the first when they first came out with that. I was on the road, and when that was when everything got shut down, and I was. But no, I'm not. I'm not, but then again, I'm not really going out much. I'm not really touching much anymore. I mean, I re- I was working at, I was working as everything started to get shut down. I was actually on tour as state, and I was in the states as the governors were shutting things down. <laughs> I was watching, and I was really sick. I might have had COVID nineteen. No joke. I didn't, you know, I didn't realize it at the time. But then I looked back at so, uh, the symptoms, and I had a lot of the symptoms. So I was probably. Working and infecting people. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's it's that's the thing that's that's actually scary about it. Essentially, you, uh, the the number of people that will be asymptomatic and they just don't understand. And it's, it's like when you like you obviously you, we're both online and you see the quote Karens unquote uh, and people who are the anti mask people. Ugh. And when I watch the this explosive reaction that they have to this really minor request. I mean, think about it. You walked out of your house, you locked your door, you got into your car, you locked your door again, you put on a seatbelt, probably drove somewhere near the speed limit, you parked in the middle of the lines uh, in the parking lot. Okay, so you you complied a bunch of times when you walked out of the house. Things that you could go, I don't want to park, I'll park in between parking spots, I'm not locking my door, seatbelt, get the hell out. But you complied on all of those. But then when someone comes and asks you to do something very simple, listen, um, you may or may not have a disease. We don't know that, but it's very, very uh, communicable disease. Uh, there are people that are vulnerable among us, and if they catch it, children, people with uh, pre-existing conditions, the elderly, it could literally not only kill them, but make them suffer 
before they die. And I would just ask as a society uh, to, to stop this from spreading, actually, as they say, flatten the curve. If we could put on a mask the 17 minutes you're in the supermarket that you could literally turn, take back off when you're in your car and not have to wear it again because at the, that point you'll be going home. Hell no! My freedom! <laughs> My freedom! Listen, here's, here's the thing. A lot of those anti-maskers, mm-hmm. um, they are part of the make America great again thing. Whenever America was great, whenever that is for you. For the longest, part, <laughs> for the longest time, part of uh, when America was quote-unquote great we had a draft. We had a draft for uh, World War II. We had a draft for Vietnam. I believe we had a draft for the Korean War. Talk about taking somebody's freedom. Now, all those people, all those veterans are hailed and patriots, and we look up to them. And now we ask people to stay home and watch Netflix and put on a little cloth thing on your face and go, no, that's too much. I can't. I won't. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I, it's, but the thing about it is when I look at the level of anger, as an adult, I've been on the planet for 51 years. Mm-hmm. I've been that angry maybe in 51 years in my entire life four times. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, angry enough where I'd, I'd want to literally hit someone without provocation. Right. I mean, well, without physical provocation. I never, I didn't actually strike the people. I just went, I, I was able to mentally go, I'm angry enough to smack this person. I'm not going to do it, right. but I'm angry enough to do it. You're and, on the but, you were the, on the edge of losing control. You're on the edge, the precipice. But here's the thing: if you were standing next to me, you wouldn't know because this is an inter- internal conversation. Right. I have that much control because I'm an adult. Well, <laughs> like, and also to be, like, fair, like, to be fair, in those moments, nobody asked you to wear a mask. Which is well, I would stab somebody for that. Yeah, that's different. <laughs> I, 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 see, what happens is I don't mind if they ask other people to wear masks. I'm not talking about me. I will fuse to not poison other people and damage their families per, per person permanently. There's no reason why there's no reason why you should have to make that sacrifice. <laughs> the funny thing about it is well not funny, but the interesting thing about it is is the simple fact that we now know uh, that the people that even people that have it that don't have the overwhelming, you know, that they have a tube jammed down their throat, they have Oof. to have they, they, even the people that, that have some people are getting damage that they don't even understand that they have well look what, what, what's what's the, that's not um what's the guy uh the six 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 guy that the he ran for president he was oh, at, uh, uh herman cain herman cain he goes and that to was, Trump, was, a, it, was nine 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 by the nine, way nine, six, six. well no in my mind it was six 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 but you're right. <laughs> nine 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 herman cain trump supporter he's one of the six thousand lucky people who are able to go to the tulsa rally doesn't wear a mask he's been in the hospital for a month getting oxygen you go okay he's an old guy and it affects african-americans more Okay, mm-hmm. so what do we? So then we get this: uh, the Boston Red Sox best best pitcher. I think his last name is Rodriguez. Although, don't quote me on that. So he gets COVID nineteen. Uh, he he recovers and he and he starts to uh, try to come back and he starts throwing. Tw- he starts pitching, throwing to build up his stamina. After twenty pitches, he's gassed. He can't breathe. What's going on? There's now de- he's got now some type of infection around his heart, brought to you by COVID nineteen. This is a top athlete in the prime of his life so it can mm-hmm. affect it can affect anybody but you know people people are like well yeah it's going to affect them but it's not going to affect me and unfortunately a lot of people feel well if it's going to affect them then i'm not even going to worry about it because we're selfish yeah because i know a couple of people who are friends of friends 
who did have that. And my sister in law had it, and and nothing happened. One of them was like literally nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it literally was like it was like nothing. I mean, literally nothing. Mm-hmm. We just stayed home for a couple of weeks. He's like, I was home anyway, so. <laughs> and it was another one. He was like, I'm home anyway. I'm not going anywhere. And there was another person that had, you know, they had the, you know, the the, the weakness. You know, essentially the if you were to describe their symptoms in a pre-COVID uh, era, you would think that they had food poisoning. That's what um, I thought I had. Have you ever had bad food poisoning? Dude, this uh, well, tell me your story, Ooh. then I'll tell you what I, I'll get back to what I was talking about when I was on the road and I might have COVID. So finish this story, please. Okay, so, but but the thing is, is it, it, so essentially, well, that was pretty much it. Is just that you see the the beginning of the spectrum. Someone who literally had nothing happen to them, but it just mm-hmm. did. Like, look, I know I got it, but I'm just going to stay home. They go get checked again. They're clean. Still stayed home. <laughs> like, I'm not going anywhere anyway. So so if he hadn't get, gotten tested, he would have had it. It would have ran its course, and he would have never known about it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, but he was also—he's also a good enough dude that he's a mask. He puts the mask on. He, you know, washes the hands. He's one of those people. And um, and so, and the other one, you know, it's like she felt like she had food poisoning for a couple of weeks, for a couple of days, and she was describing the symptoms. I'm going, that sounds like food poisoning. I'm saying, I know you know that's what it is, but mm-hmm. I said, you, you, what's happening to you is the same thing that happened to me when I got food poisoning, mm-hmm. and that is, and food poisoning, if you've had it really badly. And I had it badly twice. It is the closest thing to literally thinking you were going to die. Was it was without she, did, dying. did your friend test positive for COVID? I think uh, I think the other the one that the one that felt bad. Yes, the one that did not feel the one. I'm sorry, the one that did not feel bad. I know for a fact that's what happened. Mm-hmm. The other one suspected and didn't want to go in because you figured, well, there's other people that need the hospital beds and it's not that bad yet. I'm going, <sighs> you know, and as it turns out to like 10 days later, he's fine, you know, and then, you know, I was like, okay, well, why don't you stay in the house for like the whole time? <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, when, when, go- when COVID <laughs> started, when, well, not when it started, I shouldn't say when it started, when it was first hitting here, because I got it in uh, March, the last, the last week when clubs were open and before things were locking down, I was working the road and stomach mm-hmm. issues were not widely known then. So I'm on the road. I'm hanging out with my buddy, you know, my, my tour mate. And uh, we, we go to the Mexican restaurant. And we're sitting there for a while afterwards talking. And my kidneys start to hurt. Okay. So go back and, you know, I lose everything from the rear. You know, now, now this lasts for several days. I've never had it like this. Okay, you go food poisoning. Usually food poisoning doesn't last for several days. Besides that, I was extremely weak. I, my, I was achy. I was shivering at night and I was sweating at the same time. All these things are part of COVID-19. And I still mm-hmm. had to do shows, which was mm-hmm. really tough, which was really <laughs> tough to do. But, you know, listen, you want the hotel, you want to make money, you got to work. But nobody knew that a lot of these things were symptoms of COVID-19. Oh, and I had a fever. I had, I, had a, I had a fever too. At the time, people didn't know widely that stomach issues are part of it now people know when i came home i felt better within like three or four days but so it's that's long that's too long for food poisoning i think isn't it yes yeah so that's why i think i i had uh i had covid so i wanted to come home and get tested to new york and they're like well you don't have any more symptoms you can't you can't get tested like okay so i don't Mm. know if i had it 
but it would make sense because before I hit the road, I was working in a packed firehouse in New Jersey. And that was, and that was the first night. That's when it was starting to spread. And my wife's like, all right, you know what? I want you using a Lysol on the microphone. Okay. And you try to keep the people away from you, but it's not really that successful. And then by the second night of the tour, because it was first night was Tuesday. I felt great by Wednesday afternoon. Woo. It was, it was yeah. bad. I mean, thank you. Yeah, what? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. I'm saying, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. My, and then my travel partner, he, he got sick and he gave, and he and his wife got sick, but he was like great the whole time. Cause I, I was useless. I wanted to hang out with him, but mm-hmm. the, you know, I, I was just, I was basically drinking Gatorade and, you know, maybe nibbling on a piece of bread. Maybe. And then I got some like rice and some broth from a Chinese restaurant, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, it, it, it's, it's bad. It, it, that's why I think I had it. Cause it let, cause if it was like 24 hours with like a bad stomach, you're all right. That's food poisoning. When you're going on like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it started. So I was like three and a half days, three, four days of it. That's a little long, I think. Yeah. I mean, when I, I've had food poisoning badly, like really bad bouts of food poisoning twice. Mm-hmm. The first time I literally, I mean, everybody, see, the thing is when you have an upset stomach, you probably had food poisoning, but it's such a mild version of it. That you don't you don't pay attention to it. I mean, right. that happens to people dozens of times a year. Sure. Oh, I have an upset stomach. No, you have food poisoning, but you know, it's the same thing. But I had it bad twice. Bad it was really bad. The first time I had my I was taking care of well, taking care. Of, I had some some preteens at the house that were staying with me, and um, and so I'm sitting there, and my bathroom was right well, the bathroom was right next to where they were, mm-hmm. and I didn't realize how much liquid was shooting. And I'm not and you were describing the liquid coming from. The southern portion. Mm-hmm. This was liquid coming from the now north, south, east, oh, west. Oh, north. yeah, that, that's brutal. You you can't make heads <laughs> or tails when that's going on. That, huh? and, and, <laughs> and I'm I'm literally sitting down, violently uh, evacuating the tenants. If you understand what I'm saying. Yes, I know. I do. But but the tenants from the top floor also decided oh. they wanted to leave simultaneously. Oh. It's a fire sale. Were, Everybody out. <laughs> and they were able to... Re- this, this is how, how violently they, they evacuated the building. I'm sitting down, and I think you understand what I mean by sitting down. The evacuation from the top floor landed oh. across into the tub without hitting the floor. <laughs> wow. I've always and said I'm sitting, you've got mad skills. <laughs> <laughs> you know... And so one of the little ones, let's say little one, she's like 13 or 14, she goes, Steve, um, are you okay in there? Do you want me to call an ambulance? <laughs> That's how bad I sounded. And I said, oh, not yet, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. And that was the, that was the worst. It, it literally, I had relatives. I explained how I felt and I had a relative that went through chemotherapy. And uh, I'm sorry, she, she, well, it's a friend. I, I say relative, but it's a friend that's been so long, I, I think of him as family. Mm-hmm. And he goes, he goes, that's exactly what I felt like. You know, obviously yours, I said, well, yeah, but you felt like that for like nine months. Mine was like, a, a day. but it's usually a 24 hour. If you start, you start to feel like a tingle in your stomach. And once you've had food poisoning once, you know exactly what that yeah. feeling is. You will never forget that tingle because you're going, ah, shit. <laughs> well, I, I think I think the most horrifying part of your story is that there's a bunch of teens on the other edge of that door. Because then now you're just self conscious. Now you're yeah. dying. You're dying. You're sweating. You can't make heads or tails. It's all coming out of you. And in the back of your head, go, God, I can't be loud. People are hearing this. They know I've been in there for a while. This is uh, so embarrassing. <laughs> and not, not only the sounds you're making, the sound it, it literally sounded like 
you know, when you watch remember those old TV shows where they didn't really want to show violence on TV. So when someone was getting beaten up, they'd get the, they'd get their behinds whooped off the camera. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, Take him in the other room and teach him a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's, so, that's so it sounded cool. like. You can't even you can't even be comfortable in your miserable in your misery. That that's what you had to deal with. You had to maintain composure as you were losing everything else. And I woke them up. Oh, well, quite the effort it, by you. Here's the thing, and these they are notoriously deep sleepers because when I tried to wake them up to get their little punk asses to go to school, I damn they had to push them out. You know, they almost had to get like a, a a spray bottle to wake them up. So if I woke them up. When they sleep like that, that's how loud I was. <laughs> you know, granted they're all pushing thirty now, but you get the point. So, uh, but it, it was it's like, but so when you when you, so that's when I knew that something was wrong with some some the other person. He was describing what happened, and I, I'm she. I'm sorry, she was describing the one that the guy was the one that, that nothing happened to. And I was saying, I said, I said, it sounds like food poisoning, but food poisoning don't does not last that long. At least yeah. the upset stomach, and you had the chills then. The weakness. I, I, I had the chills, the fever. I couldn't concentrate. I, I was achy. I was exhausted. And I had to do shows at night. And it was just, you know, I'm like, you know, the audience can't tell. But that, mm. but I know. And then, like, some of these shows, because the governors are shutting the states down as I'm getting to these states. <laughs> That's the, like, there's a state of emergency. Stay home. State of emergency. Stay home. That's what that's what's going on. Then the president goes on. State of emergency. Stay home. The, one night, I had, like, four people in the audience when I rolled into Louisville the first night. One of them is a cop from Indiana, and he's, caught, <laughs> and he's in the front row, and he's coughing all over us. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> And then, like, the, the, then, like, the next night, Friday night, I think it was Friday. It was either Friday or Saturday. There's a little bigger audience. But, again, in the front row, I got a guy coughing all over the place, and he's wearing a shirt that says affliction. I'm like, are you kidding uh. me? <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to have your stupid affliction. Stay home. <laughs> uh, I'm sitting there going, now, how, first of all, how old is that shirt? That's obviously a UFC guy, a fan. Um, <laughs> what you, is, know, you know, you know, like a middle-aged white guy still hanging on. You know, what do you, you, what do you want me to tell you, what do you, want me to tell you Steve? <laughs> I don't know. I, listen, I'm not the fashion police as I'm trying to get through my COVID and he's coughing up all over the place. I just want to get through this set and try to get to the second show. <laughs> you know you know what I'm thinking, though? And I'm wondering, because remember, now that, that, that obviously this is going on, and I started, I was sitting there, I was watching this as an observer, and I was I wanted to see how people in our industry we're going to adapt. I mean, especially the comics and the singers. And I started watching everyone just kind of, I was like, I said, I know they're going to use something. Obviously, mm-hmm. Zoom popped up. and Everybody's using Zoom and things of that yep. nature. But what I started to notice was there was a whole lot of them going live on Instagram. Yeah. And interviewing each other. Well, listen, comics love talking about comedy to other comics. Yeah, I mean, even like singers. Oh man, your last album was the best, man. No, your last album was the best, man. You know, kind of stuff. Yeah, they, and then I, they they battle each other. You know, listen, we all have free time on our hands. We're trying to, we you know what it is. We all need to be loved, and we have a gift for entertaining people. So it works out both ways. We need to be loved. The audience shows us love, and they need to be entertained. And this is what we can. Uh, this is what we can do right now. I just want to see what the hell is going to happen. When slash if this is where we go back to some symbol, some semblance of, of what normal was, because I, um, I just want 
I'm, I'm curious. I mean, how many of these people are still going to be doing podcasts? How many of these people are still going to be streaming live? I well, mean, Zoom, Zoom will still be stuff. here. Zoom yeah. still, because you can. So, say I want to hire uh, Steve to do my company's Christmas party. I, I can pay Steve a thousand dollars, and I have to put him up in a hotel, or I can give him five hundred dollars and do it Zoom, and Steve doesn't have to travel and leave the house, and I'm and I'm getting him at half the price I would have gotten. Why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I still want my thousand, but listen. You're not getting your thousand percent in your butt at home. Not happening. I mean, well, seven, listen, seven fifty. Uh, and you're worth you're worth every penny of it. <laughs> no, I mean, you, man, have you, have, you can get me for five hundred, though. Just saying. <laughs> are you trying to undercut me on my own show? This is some bullshit, man. That's the way I operate. It's the only reason I agreed to do, to do this show was so I could undercut you on it. It's the only reason I agreed to do it. Damn, I'm editing you down to three minutes. Now listen. <laughs> It's just like my, just like my comedy career. <laughs> now, you have you done straight stand up to to the to the camera to somebody? Have you done uh, that? I've, I've, I've done, I've do done Zoom show. I've done Zoom shows. I mean, I, I mean, as it was like, look, in a stand up format, microphone talk to do the do the bits. Yeah, I actually, I actually formed a, a company that does that. Laugh at home comedy. Um, yeah, I mean, we we really uh, work on making it seem as close to the real thing as possible. You know, we can see the audience and we can interact with them. So yeah, it's actually pretty decent. I would not do a Facebook live stand up performance where you can't really hear the laughs and interact. And all you're seeing is like likes and stuff going through. That's mm-hmm. looks awful to me personally. I, I, I couldn't do it, but the zoom stuff I, I can do to me, the zoom thing is more appealing than some of these driving comedy shows where the people stay in the car and they honk. <laughs> if you think if they think you're funny. No, I mean, you're laughing, but that's a thing now, but that I just know. sounds awful to me. Awful. And, uh, that was like, and another thing, and I tell you what, they did the, the, the punchline. Because it's not spontaneous. Laughter is an involuntary act. It's spontaneous. You can't plan to laugh. You can't think about laughing. It just happens. That's what stand-up comedy is. The uh, the honk is equivalent to you doing your act, me sitting in the audience, and instead of laughing, going, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> that's funny. Except I sound like a Canadian goose when I'm saying that's funny. <laughs> I just... I just... I just, I just, I, we've been in situations before. We've both done open mic nights. You know what it's like to perform a set in front of two people. You just talked about doing one in front of four. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know that brought back bad memories from 20 years ago, or whatever. But it's, it's just a weird thing because, I mean, we want to get to the, to the audience as much as possible. And I get it. And that's one of the reasons why I, I didn't do, well, I got two podcasts. So, I mean, I'm not hurting for, you know, but. Uh, but the, but the thing is, it's just it's just a weird thing because I was this. I always like shows like Politically Incorrect when Bill Maher had that show on, mm-hmm. because you could go. First of all, you had a wider range of topics than you would have on a on a late night talk show, obviously. But also, you could be funny, and and informative, connect with an audience, have a great time with other people who are funny as well, and mm-hmm. not burn your damn act. Well, that's why it was so much better. What was that? Byron Allen was he the one that had the show on it late he night? Has show, he, he has a show now. Yeah, like uh, Bill Mars was from like uh, uh, that was before he did the HBO show. Uh, no, no, I know, H- I remember what I'm saying. Like Byron Allen's show. I don't know. Oh, like comic, he would have a show uh, where they're all sitting on a couch and comics are just like burning through material, and it, it was just it's hard for me to watch. I guess people liked it. He was successful with it. Yeah, but, it's called, it was called Comics Unleashed. 
yes, comics unleashed. And it wanted me to leash the comics and, uh, and, and drive them away and let them go into the woods never to be seen again. That's I, remember, yeah, I just remember watching the show. And just like you said, these are people who I've seen before and I know some of their acts. And I'm watching them going, I know you don't think a lot of people have seen it. Now, obviously, not a lot of people compared to an HBO special or Showtime special. But there's going to be some people that there's going to be enough people. There's going to be a few hundred thousand people that see this, and um, you know, you burn these guys. They were burning through big chunks of their act. Yeah, and that's I'm what going, the whole show. That's what the whole show was. And oh to me, God. to me, and again, listen, you can't count me because I'm a comic. I know what's going on behind the curtain and everything. But mm-hmm. to me, it just seems so forced. I mean, that's why you know the type of show you and I are doing right now. Hopefully, it's entertaining. But I prefer this much better than when I go on radio shows to promote gigs. And they want me to do some of my act on the air. I'd much rather do the hang. I, I would much rather talk about what's going on locally, what's going on in the world, you know, joke, joke about anything as opposed to like, so I uh, hear you just got married. Why don't you tell us about your wedding? And then I do my five minute wedding bit. I mean, it's just uh, appealing to me. It, well, we have we have the comedy ears so we can pick up on like, even if we don't know that that's part of their act, you can automatically immediately your antenna goes up and goes. That's correct. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and so that's what. Be honest with you. I have. That's why I have this second podcast, because one of the great joys for me, and I know it's the same thing with you, because we're both comics in generally the same area. No, like Northeast comics, as you said, love the hang. Mm-hmm. One of the best things in the world is when you have three or four comics that you like, who you think are genuinely funny who you respect and who will not try material out on you unless it's like, I, I'm working on something. What do you think of this? They, they're not going to force it on you. And you right. sit and you sit there and you just talk with them. I enjoy that at such so much that it's hard to explain to people that have not experienced that because I always say, I said the best way to describe it to someone who is not a comic and wasn't born a comic with a comic's brain is it's a jam session for comedians. Oh, that's very good. I never thought of that. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, because we, we all play different instruments that literally, because we're all unique individuals, you know, we all play different instruments at a high level, and literally they complement each other. They are not competing with each other. They complement each other. And every once in a while, someone will, will say something hilarious, and we'll all sit back and let them finish, let her finish. That's your solo, and we want to hear it. Yeah, and then and then maybe we'll jump in to add another layer to it. Mm-hmm. But it's not and a competition. It's it's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's beautiful. I mean, it's like, you know, it, I, I say this to people before. I said, just imagine yourself sitting at a, it's not going to be as good as a conversation between with comics, obviously, but you're sitting at a table and behind you in a booth is someone having a conversation that's, fan, that's fascinating to you. Maybe a couple's breaking up. Maybe a couple's falling in love. Maybe someone's arguing on the phone or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then the person pays their check and leaves <laughs> you know, before you find out what happened. Well, in this hey, case, you get to hear the whole thing, and it's fantastic. That's very interesting. I like. Yeah, that. I just, I, yeah, I just, I just love the way that feels, and then, um, and that's why, that's why I wanted to do this. I like hanging out with comics and talking to people because I find people interesting. You know, obviously, we were already friends anyway, so it's just, that makes it a lot easier. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I mean, listen, there's sometimes you try to do one. I'm not going to say who it was, but I had he he does he does stand up comedy. But he's very um, famous. He's probably the most famous in a different form of entertainment. I'll leave it there. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I had him on my show 
And I'm just trying to do like the hang interview, ask questions, do the hang mm-hmm. interview. And he's just he's just doing shtick, bad shtick. It was so hard, so bad. And then he went recently, I guess he went on Anthony uh, Cumia's show. And, you know, obviously Anthony's at a different level than I am with this. I mean, he had the biggest radio show in the country there for a while, or one of the biggest ones for a while. And he had the same guest. And I guess it kind of went the same way where like sometimes you just get these comics and they just want to stick you. You know, they just want to do jokes and they're not even good jokes. It's not even funny stuff. They're just like, Hey, what's going on with, uh, you know, tell me about this. And they're like, let me tell you about this. And then they just do something that's clearly a bad joke. And you just want to shoot yourself. It's it, yeah, you say it's, it's it's extra. It's it's worse for comics because we we are on a, a wavelength that we we there's enough similarities. There's the unique difference because we're all different people, but we know when it's coming. It's like I can, you can tell not only when it's happening, you can look at the person's face and the cadence of the voice, and you know he's or she's setting it up, and it's coming, or they're waiting right. for you. And I because I usually when people come and I have people on this, and people would always go. Oh, so uh, it's Anthony. Uh, you want me to do some bits? You want me to give you some? Uh, some? Uh, I go, no, no, no. <laughs> I didn't ask you. Any- I didn't ask you anything. I didn't ask you what we're talking about. Like I figured you'll you'll just ask me questions. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't. I didn't have to do any prep with you. You know what? And you know what? Our lack of prep shows, my friend. That's what I told you when I when I when I texted when I sent you the message. I said. No, I'm going to send you the link. You click on and you're on. Yeah. We'll start listen, talking. Listen, you, 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 you see where my mind's at. You, you, we're Facebook friends. You see the nonsense I'm engaging in. So mm-hmm. if you want to go there, there's certainly fertile ground. But uh, I have no uh, idea what you, what you want to talk about. I like, never, that's the thing. I never tell people what I'm going to ask them or what type what? of I, – I, I usually just say, listen, this essentially what this is going to be, it will be the equivalent if we met, hit it off, and we're sitting at a diner next to each other having a conversation. And then everybody and everybody just relaxes because I have I had people who were, you know, had of note. Right. So I'm supposed to be nervous, not you. And they're like, oh, anyways, Anthony, uh, I'm going. It's just like we're going to be it's like we met at a diner, <laughs> you know, you said that because I'm sitting there going. But, but I thought but I, the more I think about it, you know, even if you're like some of some people are regionally famous and whatever. Um, and so obviously they're subject to the gotcha interview more so. Because you're not going to, like, if somebody, I dare somebody to try to do a gotcha interview on me, they're not going to like the way it's, you know, you know, you know, and if somebody tries to trap you with a gotcha interview, you'll be sitting there like, like, like going, you just realize you're throwing a meatball across a plate to someone who hits home runs, right? <laughs> I mean, you realize, what's, you know, what I'm saying, I'm going to embarrass you on your own show. It'll sound like I'm being polite. Mm-hmm. But when you listen back, you're going to go, damn it. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, I, I, listen, I, I think there's a, there's, a lot of guests come on with an agenda, certain points they want to hit. And a lot of shows have an agenda, whether what that agenda is, it varies from show to show. I can honestly tell you, I had no agenda for tonight. And I don't <laughs> think you had an agenda either. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I'm not here to promote anything specifically. You know, I'm not here to make a, a, a certain point about a certain topic. It's just, just, this is literally just hanging out. This is literally uh, two old friends chilling in the basement. I'm letting you steer the conversation. You're letting me have leeway to take it different ways. That's all it is. Now, I, you know, hopefully people find it entertaining. I'd like to think that we can 
make it entertaining. But there's certainly no agenda. You you, you did not tell me anything we'd be talking about. I kind of thought we might be talking about some more current events, but I had no idea if we would. And this is cool, man. This is just chilling, relaxing. I like it. Oh, hold on. I got to go to my list of questions. I, I mean, you know what? Please do. Please do. <laughs> so, what projects are you working on? What can I'm we telling you right now, buddy. <laughs> what you got coming up in the next couple of months? Absolutely nothing. My career is over. <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to have some uh, Frosted Flakes tomorrow and uh, <laughs> uh, with some fruit cocktail. Mean, you know, I mean, <laughs> as a performer, there's really nothing to plug right now. I mean, I can plug the radio show and I got gigs and <laughs> 2021 but Mm. like you're not going to see me anywhere there's nowhere to see me you can hear me but i've been on the show before and you plugged it there's nothing to Mm -hmm. plug we're just we're just hanging which is fine yeah it's it's really weird because everybody stays in like i said this was right around the time i was going to start performing again and obviously we would have ran into each other uh but it's really weird because we see we see each other see each other it's it's really weird to say this because it's facebook Mm -hmm. and I don't know. Is your is your Facebook page public? No. Okay. Occasionally, people will ask me if they can share something of mine, mm-hmm. and I will do that. But no, my Facebook page is for friends. Now, a lot of the people I don't know on there, but mm-hmm. I, but I don't yeah. accept everybody. I usually don't accept comics unless I know them. I'm not mm-hmm. one of these people that I'm not trying to get to five thousand because uh, I guess that's the maximum. I'm not doing that. I think I have like a little bit over a thousand and I've been on Facebook since uh, 2009. So it's private. And if you go on my page, you can tell that there's certainly people from all walks of life on my page, all sorts of persuasions, hashing it out. It can be quite exhausting, but no, it is that, not public. That's what I was going to get at because my page, I, and, and ironically, we both started on Facebook the same year, by the way. Uh, okay. So, so I, my page was public and, and then 2016 happened mm-hmm. and so i would post stuff and people people never really attacked me they I mean, they, they attempted to you know when you have the the trolls and the people who try to start a fight and they would they, they literally come in and they they'll probably throw in an epithet or something like that like like i have never heard those before right right and so and so i would just re- respond to them just really calmly logically and he goes and another thing you guys always meaning left-leaning people i guess always attack me i said Bye. i like how i like how you people is now liberals it's the new you yeah. people <laughs> <laughs> we already tried the other thing and it didn't it didn't you know didn't make no. me uh, react violent so he's gonna go okay i can't I guess the n-word's not working uh we'll, we'll try the, the uh, word we'll try the, we'll call him a lib you know you know you know that word they do yeah you know rhymes with mid-marred if you understand what i'm saying so <laughs> he hits me with that one and i i'm, I'm literally laughing as i watch i'm getting there going this guy is trying so hard to pick a fight with someone who literally could not care less what he thinks. So, and I just, I just, I go, you know, um, as it turns out, I understand that in many cases you'll have this, these political discussions online and people will attack you, but I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm an adult. You're an adult. I'm not going to speak with you in any kind of disrespectful way. I'll just say this. I have this perspective. I, put, I, I typed it out. You have another perspective. You know, mm-hmm. we, I, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. And he goes, and then, and this is the guy who N-worded me and L-worded me, right? Ugh. Underneath that, he goes, you know what? Uh, I still don't like your ways and what you think, but I mean, you were really respectful. So uh, I want to apologize for calling you. Oh. <laughs> he apologized for all the insults. I said, fantastic. I said, I appreciate that. And then I, of course, blocked his ass and erased all this stuff. So, That's hilarious. 
But it was like he, he wanted to fight so bad, and everyone that's done that, I just I don't care. So they're not going to get a rise out of me because, like I said, we're comics. We know what it's like to get heckled when the person's there. Yeah. If you're not there, I really don't care. But what I had, the reason I had to change my page public, but I'm mean, change it from public to private, which is why I asked you about that, because I know that you also have a lot of political discussions underneath your posts. But that's not why I changed mine. I'll tell you why I changed mine after, your, after you finish. Uh, and But this is what happened. Like, obviously, one of the things that happens on social media is you'll post something, and then people will have discussions underneath your post that aren't involving you. Yes. Not a problem. Those are all lighthearted and fun and, and everything. Hopefully. But what, sorry, yeah, yeah, but what happened was these vicious attacks of my friends, because they knew better than to attack me. Right. So they, 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 they were literally like just attack like women, like my lady friends, you know, friends who are comics and regular non-comic people, like all this. I'm like, I can't have these ass wipes, you know, attacking my friends like that. So I had to right. so I changed it to private. And it's been pretty peaceful. I, mean, I have some people that say unfortunate things and people that I've known for years that had unfortunate political takes. And he's like, you know, all right, no, I'm not going to like throw you out away as a friend because of that. But I just couldn't, because I, I, that was the thing that was bothering me. I'm like, these people are just replying to something I post and people that I don't know who happen to be on Facebook are like attacking them. I'm, I'm talking about, you'd see strings of like 75 comments. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. What the hell? And I'm just, I'm like, nah, I'm racing all this bull stuff. And I just erased it, you know, but why, but, but you were going to say why you went private. Um, well, cause I had to go private because I'm married and I, and I have, and I have a daughter and I'm dealing with, with scammers. I was doing a lot more with it on Facebook and, um, it's a criminal element. So I, Ooh. you know, I would get, I, I would get threatened. So Ooh. I had to, um, I had to make it private. So, uh, I was so I wasn't getting scammers on there as much. I don't really deal with scammers on Facebook anymore. Now I deal with it on um, Instagram, and then they take me to Google Hangouts. But I don't have anything personal. And if you notice on my Facebook page, which is private, I don't post any pictures of my daughter, mm-hmm. and that's for security reasons because I don't know everybody who is even in my a thousand so friends list and everything. So, I mean, I know a lot of my friends, they post every picture of their kid and that's fine. That's that that's their choice. But I, ju- I just do it for security reasons. There's a lot of things that happen online that are really weird insofar as if you don't. I mean, obviously, th- things have gotten better, but you, uh, the Periscope, which is the uh, streaming service for Twitter. Mm-hmm. It had it, it literally I think if I remember correctly, it defaulted to location on. So yeah. I'm go- so I'm going through and I'm looking for drone shots. I I, I was in a real, in a really big <laughs> when it came on. There were people that had these drone shots over Hawaii, and I was like, oh, I just got into this thing where I was just watching drone shots of everything. Drone porn. Oh, it, oh, I mean, no, don't look. Look, my hobbies are my business. You understand? So I really <laughs> no, don't like that. Now they're everybody's. You shared it with us all. <laughs> you just literally shared it with like ten countries. Um, so so like. <laughs> And so I'm watching the, the, the drone, the drones, and then this lady comes on, and she's this really, really attractive lady, and she has a wonderful figure, and so I, you know, I I accidentally kept watching, and uh, so she's talking, and she's just I'm, I'm watching them normal. She's just a, a lady having conversation with her fans or whatever. That's fine. She wasn't naked or anything. She was just like an attractive one with a nice body, and mm-hmm. you know she wasn't naked or anything. So it wasn't you know she wasn't even you know so. 
and I was I was trying to I, I'm new to Periscope at this point, so I don't know what the hell is going on. I'm just okay. How do I get out of this? How do I get out of it? And I noticed that it it showed a map of the city she was in. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, well, maybe this is just a picture to get let you know that you know that they have the ability to do that. And then I noticed it was a, a red circle above a block. Oh wow! And I zoomed in, and I could see she was in the third house from the corner of the block and it had the names of the cross streets on there. Oh, good God. And so I'm sitting, and so I, I immediately turned that off and I just started calling my little cousins. Look, I don't know if you're using Periscope, but if you are one, don't show anything outside your house that will show where you are. Don't talk about what school you go to. Don't wear any uniforms. And I was running through all the things, but anything that will identify where you are, don't use your name, none of that. And turn off your location, and I, and I explained to them how to do it. Oh my God, yeah, I was, uh, you know, I was talking to my girlfriends about we were going to do a party, and uh, yeah, I said, yeah, yeah, you just li- you literally were just telling ra- random people where you and your friends were going. You know, so that, that's what's that's what's funny. People are like worried about if we wear these masks or if we get this vaccine, the government's going to track us. We voluntarily let everybody track us. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> with these cell phones, they're pinging cell, they're pinging cell towers. You know, people post where they are. They check in. I don't do any of that stuff, by the way. My location is always off unless, you know, I need it for ways or something like that. But my location on my phone is always off. I don't check in when I'm at Facebook or anything like that. I don't need people tracking me. That being said, still talking on here, still going online unless you're using a VPN, which, um, mm-hmm. I use very often on my phone. I should use it on my computer too, to be honest, but I don't, but yeah, I mean, they, yeah, you can, you give away so much information, which is another reason why I had to keep my Facebook stuff private because I, I was getting threats. And I'm like, it was starting to threaten my, threaten my daughter. I'm like, all right, we gotta, we gotta shut this down. Mm-hmm. It, it, so. it, if you look, if you, if you actually had your location on, on Google and you look into your phone, you look into your Google maps, it literally just shows all the places you were. <laughs> it's like you know, and and it came in handy one time. I was like, "Oh man, I got to drop off my. Where did I drop my uncle off that time? I can't remember the address." And I was flipping around, and it just showed, you know, all the places I had driven. You have been in six cities, and <laughs> it's like, well, no, there, there is a there is a practical use for keeping yeah. it on because, like, for instance, uh, when my wife and I went to uh, Italy. Uh, mm-hmm. She left. She left her uh, phone in the cab. If she would have had her location service on, we could have gotten the phone. Mm-hmm. Instead, uh, we could not find the phone, and our day at Pompeii was ruined. Yeah. <laughs> <It was> <laughs> <miserable>. <laughs> I mean, Pompeii is amazing. Mount Vesuvius is amazing, and she was just miserable. So, location services does does have its uses, but. Uh, you know what? If, you, if you're sitting chilling in your house, shut it off. Yeah, I just I just don't like when when I go someplace and then I leave and then Google asks me how I liked it. Did yeah, you like well. the Burger King and Cherry Hill? Shut up. Yeah, see, <laughs> like, I don't have know. any. I don't have any of that on my um on my phone. <laughs> I, 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 uh, and and then the other thing is, if you take pictures, it'll go. Would you like to add your photo of the Cherry Hill Mall to Google Photos? No. And I, yeah. I, I explained to some of the younger relatives, don't keep taking pictures and sending them in the Google to, uh, to, uh, as a review because basically you're just telling everyone the neighborhood you frequent. 
Tell everybody the neighborhood you frequent. Tell them the places you go. You're opening yourself up to more advertising. It's just, you know, they, they can lure you in. It's it's just too much. I, it's all about security. I mean, we get very comfortable with um, things, but we, we should not be. I don't mean to scare people, but there's just certain easy precautions that you should take because, unfortunately, there's a lot of bad people uh, who want to take care, uh, take advantage when people's guard is down. So that's just, I mean, I stumbled into this. I was not like this, but you deal with the criminal element and even the most mild of scammers, the, you know, even the ones that haven't committed murder and some of them have, but they're mm-hmm. at the, at the very best, they're still criminals. Mm-hmm. They're still, they still have stolen people's identity. They are still trying to steal money from you. So that's what really smartened me up to it. And then when I was on terrestrial radio, I was doing um, technology um, reports several times a week for their for their uh, morning show. So I really uh, educated myself to it because, you know, it it came something to know. And I used to go on uh, new shows to talk about it. What did I go on? What's that one on uh, CNBC, uh, American Greed? I was on. Oh, yeah. It's always funny. More people have seen me on American Greed than anything I've ever done in comedy. It's hilarious. <laughs> now, what is the one? Like, I know there's obviously you do scammers, obviously because of what you just referred to regarding the threats and things mm-hmm. of that nature. So you don't want to rehash that, nor do you want to draw attention to that. You, you kind of let that, you know, stay in the closet, locked up with, with, with you know, with cabinets pushed up to it. But of the ones that you feel, uh, if you have something that you feel comfortable relaying where you where you where you nailed the scammer oh i mean i'll talk about any of it uh probably i mean the probably the most notorious one we did we might have talked about this last time too mm-hmm. was um the juliana avalos julie love thing that was her deal was she's a she was a model out of um miami and and scammers were using her pictures they were stealing her identity to scam people and actually one of my scammers was using uh, her identity and I contacted her and I got a weird vibe from her. And then uh, she was featured on uh, and then she was featured on ABC's 2020. And we we're like, there's something cause uh, cause a man um, killed himself, fell in love with her pictures. Scammer said she was coming to America to see him. Didn't show up. He killed himself. We wound up having her, her uh, his son on my uh, radio show. But anyway, <sighs> But anyway, a long story, long story short. So I, you know, I did a lot of investigating on this uh, on this woman and, and her boyfriend. And then they, they admitted that they were working with scammers Then they sue uh, match.com multi-billion dollar lawsuit. It's on the cover of the New York Post, the Daily News, Fox and Friends has it. It's all over the place, covered every place. But I'm like, no, no, I got the inside story. She's working with the scammers. And at first I couldn't get any attention to drawn to me. Then finally, um. A, a paper out of Miami talked to me. Then the New York Post talked to me, and then uh, because of all because of all the research that I had, I could back it up. Things started falling apart. So her lawyer calls me up and threatens me. I'm driving to a gig, <laughs> by the way. I got a gig in upstate New York. Thirsty's like, oh, I'll get you. I'm friends with Howard Stern. I'll get you on the Howard Stern show. I'm like, nah, I don't care. I'm fine. <laughs> and then he starts threatening me and, and, and everything. And then I then I uh, I do my little comedy show. I come home. I then then uh. The boyfriend has a post on his Facebook page about how the lawyer called me up and, and everything. So then what happens is because I I start getting a little bit of notoriety, her lawsuit 
falls apart. So she drops out of the lawsuit. He gets somebody else. The whole lawsuit falls apart. Basically, he had to wind up crediting me for ruining this lawsuit. But then I get kind of known for this. So then a guy and I and I now I have evidence that she has worked with scammers. I have evidence that she's worked with scammers. Then a guy contacts me from Europe and tells me that she's the model is actually scamming her himself and sends me all this proof. That, that, so I had all this proof and I went, public. the guy was actually suicidal because uh, he had a family and everything. He had a girlfriend that he loved. Well, I guess he didn't love enough, but he fell in love with this one. And, he, and I'm like, listen, man, why don't we get you some professional help? Let me, you know, do that. He, he would only talk to me. So, you know, I, I had to help him through all that. We, we published all that stuff. It's on my website, davincomedy.com. So that pretty much ended that element of it. And that and then it took another interesting turn. So we, we educated a lot of people that way, helped this guy, ruined her fraudulent lawsuit. So then her and her boyfriend start um, a couple of years ago, start pushing this cryptocurrency called um bitconnect if you look it up you'll see what it is turns out um bitconnect was a ponzi scheme so but the boyfriend craig is like pushing it online invest he's one of their promoters that's what they would do he was all over uh youtube promoting and everything but i had all this documentation through my radio show and on the website about all the stuff that they were involved in showing they were scammers it's all documented on my website so then then the, the u.s government starts clamping down on bitconnect and that whole thing goes belly up. And then I start getting emails from people thanking me for posting all the stuff I had posted about them like a couple of years prior because they were going to invest thousands of dollars into this Ponzi scheme with uh, Avalos and her boyfriend, Craig Grant. But because of all my documentation, they did not. So that's probably the thing I'm most proud of because I know it helped people. I, I know – I help people, and I spent, dude, I spent so many hours doing it. And at first, media wouldn't talk to me; they wouldn't take me seriously because I was a comic. I was mm -hmm. a comic. And by the way, when we, when we, when we, that air interview on twenty twenty was up for a year. We saw it like a year later. We go on the rating. Go, There's something not right there. There's something not right with this interview. She was interviewed by Chris Cuomo. The next day, that interview was pulled from uh, from ABC's <laughs> website. That's true, but uh, that's probably the thing. I'm most proud of. I've gotten um, scammers to reveal who they really are with me on video chats. So I've actually had, I'm not, I've actually had real video chats with the scammer, which is very, very rare because they don't usually want to do that. They'll do like fake video chats where it's like uh, some, some picture some video with no sound that they stole from the personal <laughs> yeah. identity. But, but this was like real conversations I had. Of course I recorded it for the show, but yeah, probably the Avalos thing. Another time, um, a woman came to us because a scammer was being um, was claiming to be in the military, uh, which they, they like to steal the military's um, ID and was threatening her and everything. So we, what we did is we called live on the radio and my co-host Joe Curry uh, said he was from the military. And he's like, I know where you are. We found Bin Laden. Well, you see that blackbird hanging out your window. That's a that's a drone. If you don't stop calling this woman, we're going to bomb you right now. Ba, 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 ba. And that made that made this scammer disappear. So when we can do, when we when we can combine our insanity and our humor with actually helping people, I know it sounds kind of corny, but uh, then it's worthwhile because I'm not getting paid for it. I spend hours doing this stuff, and I'm not getting paid for it. So when we can help people, it's the best. That was a long answer. I'm sorry. <laughs> well. That Last time I checked the podcast are long form. So, okay. Just, and that, that was the abbreviated version. That was the abbreviated. 
that really was. I, I gave you the cliff notes, but it's, it's all on my website, dabincomedy.com. Shameless plug. It's uh, Juliana Valls, Craig Grant. It's one of the tabs. You can see it all there. Curl up with it. It's fun. Interesting story. Yeah. Anyway. Well, actually, the, the plug would be shameless if you weren't on the show and somehow you busted in. Oh, that's true. And then, and then started that's rattling true. off. By the way, I'm not actually on this episode, but uh, davincomedy.com. Sir, why are, you, why are you busting in? I just want to plug something. So, so, but I mean, but let's be honest. I mean, helping people feels good no matter what. I mean, you know, haven't you? I, I've I've done this. It's like there are people that that got gigs because I called the booker, mm-hmm. and I said, "Listen, um, this guy's going to call you sometime in the next week. Uh, you, you can just book him. You don't have to. Don't waste your time with the audition. Trust me." He goes, "You you give him the thumbs up? Yeah, he gets the thumbs up. Just go ahead." And then uh, the guy's like, yeah, I didn't even have to send the tape. Uh, I guess he liked my voice on the phone. Yeah, oh, good, good for you. They don't know. I'm not, and they still, there's people who get gigs now uh, from back in the day. They don't know I made that phone call. <laughs> that, was nice, that was nice of you. I'm it's, not it's telling much them. To be, it's much easier to be nice than to be a jerk. It's so exhausting being a jerk. It takes much more effort. And quite honestly, when it comes down to it, I'm lazy. So I'll just be nice. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was going to say it's about time we're starting to be nice to people. I just, you know, there's I, not now, enough. There's not enough of it in the world to be to be honest about it. You know, the the, the funny thing about it though, even though I see a lot, I, I see more than than I expected to see, because a lot of times when there's a big thing that happens, you know, maybe someone has a car crash, and you'll see sixteen cars pull over to drag the people out of there, or mm-hmm. you know, something something like that. But what I'm what I what I always would say to people is. What that means is that is in you. And it's natural for you to be that, which means you can call upon that whenever you want to. You know, you see people, like, think about it. Like if, if your sporting team's in the playoffs, if or uh, actually nobody pays attention to the Powerball lottery anymore after that $1.6 billion. Uh, <laughs> after that one came out, everyone's like, $300 million? Yeah, yeah, call me when it's some real money. But back yeah, then, yeah, three, $300 million ain't going to change my life. I'm sitting there listen, I mean, can I buy both shoes? Then you kill me, with, you know. But the thing is, is that in that in a town that had the Powerball lottery before that massive lottery, when three or four hundred million dollars being the top prize, you could literally feel the lightness in every city that had access to the Powerball. Everybody was happy. They, you got a one in 181 million to one chance of winning, which means you're not going to. But everybody was thinking about what they would buy with it. Oh, I'm going to buy and what I would do. And literally people were happier in the entire area because of something that is absolutely not going to happen to any of them. Or when your team wins a, wins a championship a whole, or wins a big game, everybody's happy, which means it's there. It, it's there and you can be that if you choose to. You know, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl in 2017, I went to Philly, went to the parade. And I saw dudes who I know beyond a shadow of a doubt. One guy stepped on another guy's new sneakers. That would have been the fist fight of fist fights under any other time. The guy that got his shoes stepped on, who looked like the kind of dude who would literally, if you if you said, "Hey, what time is it?" I don't like the way you said time. You know, <laughs> right? No, he goes, like, Eagles he goes, fans are terrible. They're terrible human beings. I'm not going to let you say good things about Eagles fans, and I know this 
because I went I went to the, the the link and I had my Jets coat on and I never get into fights. I almost got into two fights walking into the stadium and I'm with my dad. They're terrible fans. The the the, the best thing an Eagles fan ever did was when the one ate the horse poop after they won the Super Bowl. They're no, the fans. best no the best thing an Eagles fan ever did was have you on his podcast twice, you bastard. <laughs> well, fine. I, I would not wish eating horse poop on you, but you know, you, you know your people, and by your people, I'm not talking about black or, or the liberals. I'm talking about Eagles fans. You know, you people are terrible human beings. Well, listen, you know, it's it's, it's one of those weird things where, um, but oh, but, oh, but let me go back to that thing. But what I'm saying is that was a, 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 using you using what you said as a guide. That mm-hmm. would have been a fist fight, and it would have been a big. Melee. Oh yeah. The yeah. guy just goes, "Hey, no problem, brother." Kind of bro hugged the guy that stepped on his sneakers six weeks ago. He's body slamming this guy, and I'm going, "Jesus Lord!" I'm, and I'm standing right behind him. I'm going, "I might have to fight somebody. I'm not even involved in this." But once the fists start flying, and I'm pressed against the corner, and there's like a mil- literally a million plus people packed into a little area. And I'm like, "I can't even." I'm not, literally, I'm gonna have to strike strangers, to, you know, to survive this, and nothing happened. And that was what I was – it's like that event of that game being won pulled out the joy from people who under normal circumstances would have been injuring each other. And it's it's just an amazing thing. And uh, by the way, Jets fans ain't nothing either. Okay, go keep going. Listen, man, I, 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 listen, I've been to plenty of Jet home game. And listen, we got some maniacs with us. But I've never seen Jet fans almost start fights just for wearing the – well, I shouldn't say that. I haven't been a part – I haven't personally witnessed Jet fans picking on somebody because they're wearing the coat. Will they give them some razzing? Yeah. But, I mean, seriously, like, I almost got in a fight for wearing – and to make it worse, the Jets got their asses beat. There was – it wasn't even close. This was during the Mark Sanchez era it wasn't even close all i had to hear all stupid thing was fly eagles fly and i don't i don't despise the eagles i I don't mind the eagles i like the eagles but their fans are awful human beings you do realize your episode is going to be like three minutes now right it's going to be the best three minutes ever (laughs) (laughs) it's it's just a weird thing i've been to i've been to uh, other cities and and i i mean i'm i'm from I'm from there, so I can't I can't, you know, lie and act like, you know, everything's hunky dory. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. But I but the thing is that the this, this, this I I'm I wonder I wanna go to a UFC fight where people are actually seeing fights and I wanna see what that crowd is like. Cause I watched I watched UFC. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I was often wondering, wouldn't you think that the UFC obviously obviously there's no, you know, regional or city pride involved in the UFC. You're watching individual fighters. Kind of like a, I would th- I would think um there'd be like an ethnic pride. Oh, you definitely. Oh, they, uh, I don't. Do you watch UFC at all? No, I, I really don't. But you know, I, I know I know that the fighters come from all different parts of the world. So you know, usually usually we need something to rally around. Oh, oh. he's from Belgium, like me. Let's root for him. You know, whatever it is. You all. It was almost something a few years ago that was literally would have been. It's a packed house, mm-hmm. Irish, and people from Dagestan. From where? Uh, uh Russian, Russian area, Russian. Oh, so there's, so there's people That's that are. are yes, yeah, the, so these so the, so and keep in mind the fighters were going back and forth. One fighter went a little too far with his mouth, mm-hmm. and the whole stadium is literally like almost half and half, like big chunks from each group, 
after the fight, the Russian fighter wins. He was stoic the whole time, but obviously he was so excited. I finally beat the ass of the guy who was talking trash about my family and my wife. He oh, jumps wow. over the fence and goes after one of the fighters who, he's, who we beat, one of his trainers who was also talking crap. Oh, I think so, I remember that. Yeah, it was, it was uh, the Mega Madoff and Conor McGregor. Yeah, 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 yeah. McGregor's an asshole. And I'm telling you, keep in mind, there's 20-something thousand people in the building, drunk, angry, personally invested in, in, in these individual fighters, and they're in the same building. And they almost, I mean, literally, you almost had a riot of 20,000 20, people beating each other's asses in that stadium. That would have been, it would, first of all, that would have been news now, and the people would have just been getting out of jail right now, too. So I can understand that, uh, you know, in hockey games, they have fights also. But I, I get it. I, I mean, I get it. Like, as a person who's from Philly, it's really weird because I, it's like, it's a briar patch. You know, you, you kind of like, you kind of jump in and nothing happens to you. But if somebody else jumps and they get scraped up, and you're going, why'd that guy get scraped up over there? I don't know why. Uh, what happened? Why is that guy, that guy's bleeding? I jump right in here. Nothing, there's no problem. That guy's a weirdo, man. He's getting, I mean, why is he, you know, he he's all bloody and beaten up. What the hell's going on over there? Well, anyway, Philly, I'll have another pretzel. <laughs> this is this is how bad this is how bad Philadelphia fans are. So you know, my 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 wife doesn't really like sports, but she likes going to hockey games. Oh so god! We go to, oh god! Oh god! We go to we go, we're Devils fans. We go to the Devils oh, games. You're a Devils fan, and you went to a Flyers game. Are you insane? Exactly, and oh, it's in New Jersey, god. and Flyer where she oh. gets angry because Flyer fans are obnoxious. Oh Just my sit there god! And enjoy the game. Oh my! If you if you would have called me when you were about to buy the tickets, and you told me what you were going to do, I was going. Do not take your wife to that. If you go to that game, don't wear those shirts. But oh, it's our home worth- game. It's our home time. game. It doesn't matter. Somebody can shoot you in front of your own house. It's not like bullets uh. move around. Oh, well, I was going to shoot the guy, but the bullet moved around him because he was in front of his house. Oh my god! Because the first one, you're too and close. These are women. These are women. Oh that my are, god! That are annoying my wife. Oh, when you, as soon as you as soon as you said we went to the game, I was like, oh, and I was like, oh my god, he's from New Jersey. And he goes, and we had our shirts on. We go, oh, what are you nuts? <laughs> so you get it. You get oh. fans from your area. Oh are my assholes. god! You have to understand. Now, now I did go to a Phillies game against the Yankees. Years oh, nothing's going to happen. Then. And, and there was no, there was no issue. There's no, 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 no. Nobody cares. The Philly game, they're just like. And keep in mind, it's the same damn people, which is hilarious. But, yeah. um, you know, so because uh, Phillies game, don't worry about it. Basketball game, no problem. Eagles game, problem. Flyers game, same, virtually the same. A little more, obviously more Eagles uh, because it's, it's more of a visceral reaction to the, the contact sport. But if you but if you wore like a – there's two jerseys you just don't wear to a Flyers game. Number one is the one you just described. And the second one is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Do not wear that at a Flyers game. I'm just, you know. <laughs> or, or, or you guys could behave yourselves. Nah, nah, we're not going to do that. Listen, man, this, is coming from a, this is coming from a Jets fan. I know our fans are jackasses. Yeah, I be, know it. Yeah, well, let's, look, I, I'll be honest with you. I think that, I, I remember when I went to, uh, I, I was living in San Francisco. And uh, there were some Oakland Raiders fans out there. Oh, they're terrible. Oh, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I was oh, in there going, 
they're going, they need more press because they they making my city look bad. But these dudes are just as bad here. But it's like once oh, you Oakland, Oakland man, go to a Raiders game, it's like Comic Con. Holy cow! Oh my God. It's like the stupid outfits. Because there's like a couple of guys that wear wacky outfits down in Philly. But when I went to Oakland, it's like dudes were like it looked like the the what was those uh, those uh the uh, those uh, wrestlers, the Warriors, whatever the hell they were called with the spikes. The on Road the Warriors. Yeah. Warriors, oh, uh, yeah, Legion of Doom, yep, yep. Oh, Legion, yeah. I was like, oh, I remember them from back when I was a kid. And I was like, oh my god, you know. And and the, and I knew, I was like, I said, dude, we are not. You are not. Yeah, I'll, I'll, to- I'll top that. I'll top that. I used to have jet season tickets, and a couple seats down from where I was sitting, these were you know in the upper deck. A couple of guy wearing his jet stuff, and he'd be wearing like a leather S and M mask. To the game <laughs> with the zipper <laughs> mouth and everything. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah, are you confused? Is something happening at the half that I'm not aware of? What A new halftime dre- show. That guy gets something stuck in his butt. <laughs> this is way more interesting than frisbee dogs. <laughs> uh, oh, I like that the the lady that that, that uh, kicks up the bowls on the unicycle. You ever seen that lady? No, I haven't seen that. No, I haven't uh, seen that. that. And, and, and the funny thing about it is she's so good that you know she would probably not miss 99,000 times out of, you know. But to make it dramatic, because I saw her a few times, she she misses at exactly the same time in the show. Like, she gets really close. Oh, that's interesting. And then she misses. And I'm sitting there going, oh. I'm looking at her going, I guarantee you she did that shit on purpose. I saw a few other times... It was like the fifth attempt was the misses. Oh, she got, she got four up. She got six up. Yay. She gets close on the fifth attempt. Oh, now the audience is invested in it. And then she does it the last time. So I'm watching these, these people who you know damn well could no, under normal circumstances couldn't give a crap about this or pumping their fists like they just saw a three-pointer shot. Yeah, we're all in. <laughs> we're, we're all in. We're invested. We want the ball. <laughs> good for her good for her she's using the psychology good Damn for her uh, I believe yeah I, and, I, I, and I didn't feel bad about it because I'm sitting there going like you just said I'm like that's exactly how you do it especially yeah, if you, you know because if you have the muscle memory you know like like if you're Reggie uh, Miller who, who's like a 90% free throw shooter he's not missing <laughs> you know but if he yeah. needs the point he'll miss on purpose and so someone can grab the ball and dunk it for two points and he just don't right. want one so, you know, so he has to, you know, so I'm sitting there watching and I'm going, and I, and then I said, I'm going to see, I got to see this again. So I see it again. I'm going, okay, so I said, I made a mental note, the fifth attempt she missed. Let's see if she missed on the fifth attempt again. Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I saw it again. Fifth attempt. Yep. I said, okay. I said, that's well, what I well, she's she not, going. she's not counting on you to be uh, paying that close attention. Especially when I went, y'all know she's going to miss on the fifth, fifth attempt, right? Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Shut up, lady. She gonna miss no, that, this time on people. That's Why where you make side, That's where you make bets with the other people around you who don't know. Yeah, well, but they were Eagles fans. I didn't want to get beat up. No, I don't blame you. Eagles, <laughs> Eagles fans are terrible people. See, we agree. Okay, okay I just want to say this uh, uh, one last thing uh, to uh, those of you that are listening in the Philadelphia area. Someone who was uh, originally from Philadelphia, I uh, completely disagree with Babin. Uh, I think everybody. That's fine. Listen, you you can be a coward and not uh, and be dishonest to your uh, listeners. That's fine. That's fine. I'll, I'll I'll spit the truth on your air. That's not matter to me. People they don't understand it. People don't understand it when Davin got COVID. He damaged a part of him uh, <laughs> that can actually judge people 
uh, correctly from Philadelphia. It's a new, it's a new symptom. It hasn't come out yet. Fauci no, 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 about no, it later. no, 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 no. I did not judge people from Philadelphia. My mother is from yeah. Philadelphia. I am judging Eagles fans. So yeah. it's not everybody in Philadelphia. You mean your mother's not an Eagles fan? Um. Exactly. No, kinda, you disgust me. You disrespected your own mother. See, this is the no, she's not an Eagles fan. She roots for who I root for. She roots for the Jets. So she's so basically. So basically, you corrupted your own mother. No, she wasn't invested in the sports team. She was invested in her son because she's a Man. good mother. Kids schmids. Kids schmids. <laughs> that's my that's my next album. Check it out. My next comedy album. Kids schmids. <laughs> Oh like man! Car- new on new on Sundays, the cartoon lineup, Kid Schmidt's. <laughs> wouldn't it be wouldn't it be ridiculous if one of the listeners was a writer and actually did that? And, we, and you just imagine you sitting there with sitting there with watching TV with your kid. Wait a second! Yeah, I got the idea. Uh, uh, Davin and uh, Anthony said it on the show, and I stole the idea, and uh, I just made forty seven million dollars from Netflix. You bastard! Can at least have seventy dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, good for them. All we, all we did, all you did, all you did. I didn't do anything. All oh, he did. Exactly. Give Devin crap. I want to cut you, bastard. You listen to enjoying the I show for kids. I want to cut. I don't want a big cut, but I want to cut. Right. So you get, you get, you get naming rights. I want some merchandise too. Don't try. Don't try to cut me out of the toys. Such a comic. <laughs> any, such a comic. Any place to sell tchotchkes after the show. <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite things watching back in the day. Watching. Uh, People sell the D, uh, the DVDs after Back the show. In the day, I still do that shit. Talking no, about? no, no, no. But, but you had them printed up someplace, right? Actually, no. But mine look good. What? Because I use I use uh, I use this technology. They don't even make it anymore. It's a light scribe, and it burns the image onto the DVD. It's actually pretty. Oh good. no, no. This, this guy was like licking and sticking at the table. Oh yeah, yeah. I've seen, I've seen that too. There's, there's they have no shame <laughs> in their game, but they're still getting twenty bucks a pop for it. You go, oh, okay. Hey, I said to I said to the, I said to my like, I'm like, dude, you were here like two hours before the show. You could have done what you know. <laughs> it's like I, I'm on stage doing my thing. He's sitting there at the, at the table. I, 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 I go, he goes, well, they weren't watching me. They were watching you. I'm like, dude, just don't do that in the room. You're sitting in the back with your computer, you know, licking. I'm like, and do that in the room, bro. You know, at least you know, try, at least he's trying to. Uh... Put labels on, and I've seen them where it still says Memorex. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> you know, I had a guy who was uh, trying to sell his trying to sell his price is a uh, his CDs with the same prices like Michael Jackson CDs and Prince CDs. Remember, like, so back then, you know, the CD was like twenty three dollars. Oh yeah, you know, and I said, um, I hate to tell you this, but um, you're not Prince or Michael Jackson. Um, you might want to lower the price on your CDs a little bit there, bro. Well, I can't move any CDs. Michael Jackson wasn't in town that night, though. This guy was. So. Well, who knows? <laughs> I tell you oh, this, yeah. though. Where the I kids told him, yeah, as I said, lower the CD price. You know, I said, I, I, I was a suggestion. It was a suggestion. And he, he couldn't move CDs the first few nights. Because mm-hmm. people were like, man, get the fuck. I said, well, uh, this is like right around when CDs, like when like the Best Buy type stores, Started, mm-hmm. to, started to take some of the CDs and just started to knock the price down to like $9.99, 10 bucks, 12 mm-hmm. bucks. And then he lowered his price to that because the $23 price was the hardcore fan who wanted the album the day it came out. Right. The next two weeks you come back, 
I paid twenty three ninety eight in the damn albums for twelve dollars. Now you mother, he sold it for twelve dollars. He came back with the box empty because <laughs> he sold all the discs. That's like, good. There you go, right? And then of course I said, oh, by the way, um, <clears throat> dinner's on you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that, that, you're, you're entitled. <laughs> just, I was going to do that anyway. I was like, I, oh, I was just sure kidding. I said I was just kidding. I didn't. I didn't. That was the headline. I was not gonna happen. Yeah, that's, that's true. I haven't had to print DVDs in months because I'm not touring anymore. <laughs> wait, what did you do? Uh, wait a minute. Do you uh, you have you, now when you do the the the, the uh, you said you said DVDs or CDs? DVDs. I don't sell CDs anymore. I oh, did. Okay. Right. So, well, that's different. DVDs. That's a whole. That's a whole experience. That's different than than that. But, well, the, my, mine is from when I was in Iraq, and I give it. I give um a large portion of it back to the National Military Family Association. So there's a lot of footage that you don't see. From Iraq, you were flying in Blackhawks to see parts of the country nobody gets to see. Hanging out with troops, shooting weapons—it's a whole different thing. That's why I'm still selling that DVD because it goes back to charity, and it's something completely different. I don't do most of those jokes in my act anymore. I mean, it's nothing like my show is anymore. But uh, that's why I still sell that DVD. And uh, do you put clips on YouTube or anything like that? Um, I don't. I think I have the slideshow. From that DVD on YouTube, I don't know well, how much stand up do you got on the disc. How many how much stand up do you have on there? It's about a thirty minute set. And put two minute... minutes up on YouTube. What the hell are you doing? Now there's other stuff on YouTube. I got stuff on YouTube. Yeah, I'm, yeah, but you're not selling it. Uh, you know what? I have other footage from oh, okay. uh, from that tour up on YouTube. By the by the but... way, when I, I by the way I just did that to you because I went I was setting up to tease you about giving advice to people. That's the only reason I did that. But we, oh, I, oh, I completely <laughs> missed it. Oh, yeah, uh, earlier when I was saying, do it again, do it again. That <laughs> was, was a callback to uh, we were talking earlier about me giving uh, about giving unsolicited advice to you. Was a, no, yeah, okay, that fell flat a little bit, but that's all right. You get the point. <laughs> please give all the listen. At this point, I'm open to any and all advice. I got, I got even nothing going advice, for me. Even fake advice is a callback to a previous story. Is that? <laughs> it's better than any advice I've heard recently. Usually, the advice is you should go to hell and kill yourself. So this was a step up. So, oh, we're back to Philadelphia fans again. What the hell? No, a, l- a little bit. I can't. I can't let it know. It, it has scarred me. They are terrible human beings. Oh man. Oh, by the way, oh, by the way, Philadelphia. I just want to let you know that those are the that's the opinion of Davin and uh, Anthony. Thinks you're perfect. Uh, mainly because I have to keep going down to Philadelphia, not a what any problems. So anyway, uh... I, st- I stand by it. Horrible people, horrible people. City of brotherly love, my ass. Lies, filthy, filthy lies. Eagles and Flyer fans are despicable. I stand by it. I got nothing against Phillies and Sixers fans. Nothing against them. But by the way, I don't watch I don't watch hockey, so I'll let that stand. So uh, anyway, uh... despicable. <laughs> Despicable human beings. You know, you know when they used to say lock them up, lock them up at the Trump rallies. I thought it was about uh, Eagles fans. I was mistaken. By the way, Philadelphia. That's uh, like I said once again. That's uh, Davin Rosenblatt. Uh, definitely not as Anthony Thomas who thinks uh, Philadelphia's perfect. Yeah, I, I stand by it. I'm not a coward. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, before we get out of here, I want you to to I want you to shamelessly plug literally everything that you want to <laughs> plug. All of it. All of All it. Right. All of it. Uh, let's see. What can we, well, the radio show is live 
Tuesday nights at 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Go to uh, DavinComedy.com, or you can like us on Facebook at Davin's Den and watch us on Zoom on the live show. And then if you miss it, the podcast is on uh, DavinComedy.com, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, all those places. If you want a Zoom comedy show, laugh at home comedy. I got a book I'm working on. I'm working on a cartoon. Working on all sorts of things that might happen someday because I'm never leaving my basement again. Uh, yeah, I know. I know one thing. You better not leave your basement. Go down to Philadelphia in that damn New Jersey. Uh, that devil's outfit. Definitely don't do that crap. I wear it with <laughs> pride, and let's let's be honest. Flyer fans know they're terrible human beings. That's why they're acting out. They're very unhappy with themselves. You believe? You believe? I've been I've been friends with this guy for a long period of time. You, you believe this? There, you believe this, people? You believe there's this? There's a reason. This man has booked me on shows. I'd book you again if you were working and if I had anything to book you on. <laughs> I got nothing. There is still, nothing going on. One of my favorite gigs, I still remember a gig you, you gave me in it was New Jersey. On the album. That's right. Man, that place, I love that place. I freaking, even though so one thing, the mic didn't work, didn't matter. They were still into the show. Yeah, and then place. he fixed the mic and handed me the microphone and the fi- I was like, this audience, I'm saying there was one of those those crowds where I was going to bring my camera, but I was like, you know, I don't feel like bringing a camera. You know, I was just being lazy, which I usually am not under any circumstances. But the one time I decided not to do that, you know, I was like, oh, why did I tape this? And I was like, damn it, bastards. My friend, I want to thank you for coming back, my friend, and coming back and killing it again. Thank you for killing it again. This was a lot of fun. Always, uh, Always a pleasure. I look forward to your uh, comedy career. I also uh, comedy career comeback. I also look forward to my comedy career comeback. So yeah, it would be nice because yeah, like, you know, I'm sitting there going, I'm, I'm, I'm literally, I'm ready to, I'm ready to go. I got these stacks of books. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to whittle these down into an hour and a half show. Uh, everybody, uh, stay in the house, never leave. <laughs> I think, I, like, I think things will. Honestly, I think things will come back. Uh, March twenty, March of twenty twenty one. I think it'll be about a year, and I have my own reasoning why I think that will happen. But but that's when I think things might start to come back. But, I mean, comedy's going on inside in some places. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be careful. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. man. It's like, it's like we don't want to die doing this. No, nah, not, not, I mean, just metaphorically. <laughs> yes. Well, that's, that's going to happen. <laughs> not literally. All right. My brother, thank you very much. We'll do this again. Thank you, sir. As always, a pleasure to talk to you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye. Take care. Well, my friends, what did I tell you? Did you love that or did you love that? That was a great time. I had a great time. I hope you had a great time. And more than anything, I just want to thank you guys for always sticking with me, coming through, listening to the show and I found out that you guys actually listened to the entire show which was really cool so thank you for that I didn't know that you guys listened to every second of every show much love to you I appreciate that more than you know and I can't wait to talk to you again much love take care